And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast. It's Mickey Brennan and Davey Rispin with you here as always. And uh, Davey, I have to say we're delighted um, to have a visitor to the show this week. We, we The last few weeks we've had uh, great visitors from different clubs that have been doing different fundraisers. But this week we have somebody very, very important from the county board. It is the referees administrator, Frank Logley from Dunshot. Well, more importantly, he's from Dunshotland. But uh, Davey... He's probably had to talk to you more times in the past than he has me, and I'm an awful lot older than you, but that's the type of corner forward that you'd be. I don't know, Mickey. He's, he's, he's spoken to me. He hasn't, he hasn't actually given me any lectures. I don't think Frank has refereed me too many times. He's probably more around your, your vintage, we'll say. But uh... what, what, He doesn't do junior games, does he not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was in school with Frank's son, Shane, uh, a brilliant footballer as well from Dunchocket. Mm-hmm. So I, I know Shane quite well and, and would know Frank as well from being in and around Park Tulsa a good bit. But uh, do great work there with the referees. And it's, it's great to see Mickey because I suppose in, in years gone by, we've been we've been sort of looking for transition, I suppose, right through to new guys getting involved. And I know Frank has done an awful lot of work behind the scenes with with a whole host of other guys as well to try and nurture and bring through the next generation and next crop of referees. So thankfully, that's uh, that's coming to fruition at the minute. Yeah, and and Davy, when we have Frank on, he has a few different topics that he'd like to talk about. And um, I, I think the recruitment end of things is where you want to start, Davy. Is it? Yeah, I suppose, Frank, um, obviously there's been a massive recruitment drive to, to get more and more young referees involved um, in all aspects of the game, not just at adult level, but at underage level at, at different stages as well. Talk to us a little bit about that and how you've gone about it, I suppose. Yeah, well, <clears throat> uh, thanks for having me on, David and Michael. Uh, first of all, um, the recruitment, uh, you know, it's been going on over the years and it was a certain system that had to do in it and the county had for doing it, but... Um, for whatever reason, I found that uh, at club meetings, when the word, you'd send the word out to the county board uh, and to the clubs with an email, uh, normally in clubs, the referees' uh, portfolio would be probably way down the list. And when it comes to a club meeting, it'd be passed over and we're looking for a ref, anyone interested or whatever. So the committee, uh, who I'll go through later on, decided to um, advise me that the best way we should go is contact each club secretary, right? This is for the adults now, okay? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> last uh, December, I contacted the 59 club secretaries and um, followed up in two weeks later with the second to see where they were at and what progress. And have to say there was uh, an overwhelming 
as a, a positive response. Uh, a, from the secretaries by uh, unusually getting a call from a referee's uh, administrator. And um, we, we got here to eight referees, but we targeted uh, the larger clubs with the big populated areas. And, um, you know, there'd be hurling and football and there'd a big population and all that. And, uh, you know, that was a success. We're nearly there on that. Each of them clubs... Uh, bar one at the moment has two referees and if you look at this time last year by uh, sort of what if you want to call it pressing the flesh or whatever well maybe not pressing the flesh in the times we live in mm-hmm. but <clears throat> making the initial contact it yielded for example Dunboyne this time last year Dunboyne hadn't an active referee and now they have two and that's down to great work from their chairperson and secretary who liaised with me and held our meeting and garden support and have their two referees and including our own club here in Don Shockland, who had an active referee in Andrew Smith and now they have another ref so uh, that's you know and that gives you back a bit of satisfaction that what you set out to achieve that you see it coming to fruition um, so that was on the adult um, the young whistlers we in 2020 the referees committee uh, put together a plan that um greatly supported by our inter-county referees. And the plan was that we'd um, go to the schools and uh, see could we drum up support for up to 16 years of age, uh, youngsters to referee games, from goal games up to under 11. <clears throat> and um, our inter-county referees, David Kodrick and uh, David Goff, came on board uh, and they helped us hugely in Dungannon doing the course. It was a huge success. 66 new referees took part. Now, due to, due to um, the COVID, it didn't take off the ground last year, but we're hoping that uh, the uh, youth committee in Dungani and whatever, that that will take off later this year when we kick back in. And just on that, we formulated the course in a way that uh, bringing in young people and saying, well, you're going to be a referee. We brought Kieran Flynn in, who's hugely uh, experienced at fixtures and all that. So he gave them a rundown on that. We were lucky that um, um, two of our Nick Fitzgerald and um, uh, Nick Fitzgerald came in from the Holland uh, and gave us the the background of that. So they were able to hear that. And then we had Davey, um, David uh, Coldrick and David uh, Goff who went through all the rules and a general uh, ins and outs of it. And we had Andrew uh, Andrew Smith, who was only a new referee a year and a half before that. And Andrew came in and he was he, he gave them what his experiences of being a new referee. So <clears throat> I hope that they all left very uh, in a good frame because uh, they're coming up to 16 years of age. Now, by the way, that was boys and girls. Mm-hmm. As you know, the young, uh, the uh, goal games and all that, as all boys and girls, so we sprinkled it over the whole way, and it was a great success. It's it's unbelievable work, Frank. And I, I just wanted to ask you actually about the two county guys and the likes of Andy Smith and a couple of other fellas who are who are sort of younger people, and they've they've risen quite significantly in in a very short space of time. Mm-hmm. How good is it for you and for the other guys in there that you can call on the services of those guys to, I suppose, encourage and and to talk to the next crop basically coming on. 
Yeah, well, uh, sorry, I, I just missed out on one person there. Davy Nelson was also the football manager, and Davy came in with us on that with the, with the young visitors. To answer your question about these new refs, we, we did look at it that it's like everything in life, regardless of your own playing career uh, with a club or whatever, times move on. And we've had a great bunch of referees and we felt that there was a, a fresh um, freshness needed and we had a good uh, one or two recruitment campaigns going over the last three or four years. And the like of those uh, names that you're after mentioning are coming through. And with the referees committee, and I, I want to go back to you if you don't mind on that and introduce them, we have a guy there, Seamus McCormick, who you probably know from Walterstown. And Seamus works diligently with all our new refs, uh, not uh, in a criticism angle, but positive, getting them, cajoling them, getting them to come up to the mark, because Seamus being a former inter-county referee is all that experience. And them lads uh, took the bull by the horns, they got involved. Uh, there's quite a few of them, I'm glad to say, in both codes. And we... We have given them uh, the. We've shown the respect to them by bringing them up in league matches, putting them into Division One, Davy, right, uh, and maybe Division Two, and that's given them uh, throwing them in at the deep end. But they've come on leaps and bounds, and uh, we're, we're we're very happy with that. And I'd also like to say that the input from Cormac Riley, our inter-county referees, Cormac, David Goff, and David Coldrick is phenomenal with them lads. When I'm appointing, or the committee are appointing refs for a championship, the big games from the championship, particularly when the quarterfinals kick in, them county guys, the Davids and Cormac, make sure that we have some of them new refs, not both sides, but one at least, doing a line. So that's given them an insight of how the games are handled. And uh, we're making use of that. Not many counties in Ireland have the opportunity of having the top two referees in Ireland at the minute. And we are we can't say thanks enough to the guys for helping us out with that. No, it's, it's brilliant to have, I suppose, those lads to call upon, and they're yeah. they're, they're they're our own. So Absolutely. you know, it, it it's brilliant. Something that we talked about as well when we were just getting ready for this interview, Frank, is the role of linesmen, and you've sort of touched on it there. But there's also a new initiative I think coming through that you're actually looking to to offer linesmen a fee for for doing a game or doing a championship match. Yeah, again, David, when we when we came in uh, at the committee, we looked at the whole workings of the referees. And in fairness to them, we felt that payment, we got a, a, an extra payment for them doing games. And we then, uh, and I'd like to thank our county board uh, chairman at the time, Peter Halloran, and the present chairman, who was vice chairman at the time, John Kavner, huge uh, support in, in helping us get a payment for the, for the linesman. <clears throat> now, the linesman is a, is a, a full referee and uh, it has taken away the uh, the pain of clubs, games outside of Park Talston or whatever, having to look for someone to do the line. More importantly, it's working in conjunction with the managers. Uh, as I said to the managers last week, we had our meeting, the managers deserve that because uh, the teams train hard all year and when there's a decision, as you know, that can be made along the line. It's important to have someone there that knows what they're doing. And I would like to see that uh, continuing and as we go forward, that the role of the linesman, being a, a referee, he'll be able to liaise with the manager what the reason for a free or whatever. Mickey. And, and also, they, they tug out and they're in uniform with the referee, so it looks good. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, Mickey, you'll know firsthand as well from being involved in club for the last 20 odd years that there's nothing worse than a referee coming over and saying, lads, I want two linesmen, one from each club and the lads in the dugout and different lads. It's a nightmare, isn't it, Mick? Yeah, it'll, it'll take that. It'll take that uh, uh, onus off the clubs and it'll take that, uh, you know, it'll take that pressure off the referee as well, Frank, you know, to have a neutral uh, linesman on both sides of the field and they, therefore you know there, there, there's no decisions that can be questioned by the management on the sideline yeah well that that's basically what we're hoping for number one uh, just to clear on that is that we're appointing uh, this is for championship only yeah and yeah the senior intermediate and junior a and where possible we can get something to the other grades it's not that easy you're looking at uh, and I think that it's, uh, it's important that people understand this. You're looking at weekend games where there can be 60 games in total from a Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's 60 referees. And then you're looking at the best part of 100 referees to do the line. So I can't thank the referees enough for making themselves available. They never let me down and they're very diligent. And, and I have to say a big thank you to them. Yeah, Frank, that leads me perfectly on to the next question I was going to have for you. I was going to ask you, how many referees does it take to run your championships and your leagues? How many referees do you need to comfortably uh, be able to look after all the fixtures that you have, basically, Frank? Well, um, to answer your question, at the moment, we would have between 80 and 90 live referees. Okay. Uh, but uh, And that's covering 2,500 uh, games, adult games, in, in, any, in the year. Uh, but you're not including the fifteen to eighteen hundred juvenile juvenile matches on top of that. Okay. Yeah, I was I was go- yeah I was going to ask you are, are the referees separate? Do you have a, a referees board for the juvenile and for the senior? No, not not at the moment. But I believe that's been worked on, Michael. That there, there will be a, a, a sort of a for a better word a CCC for the juvenile, but that's in its infancy stage. But at the moment, yeah. uh, the adult referees do majority of the under, don't under 11. So you're looking at four and a half thousand games, which is a colossal amount of matches. And I can sit here tonight on behalf of the referees committee and say over the last two years, we have never lost one match in, in those two years. And that comes down to the uh, great effort of the referees. It's not Frank Logan or the referees committee, as much as we appoint them. The referees will never say no. They switch, they go and move them around, do lines and do all the games. So for the for the CCC and for the Mead County Board, that's that's a great a great help and a great achievement. If you if you wanted to go on to become a referee, Frank, how do you go about it? Um, and how long does the course take? Well, first of all, we send, as we've been doing for the last number of years, we send out the invites to the clubs to uh, bring in a referee. Part of the reason why I rang the referees, Michael, or rang the club secretaries this year was to explain to them the, the, um, what sort of a person I needed. You know, okay. years gone by, and it's no fault of anybody's, there was a situation where clubs were ticking the box by a appointing a guy to do games and he might only do a few junior maybe underage matches and then they had a referee but we felt that it was important to to help the managers and the, the footballers and hurlers to make sure that the person that the club were appointing speak to this club secretary given the age profile and that they have a certain standard of fitness and they knew the rules and 
uh, once they do that, then we take them in. Uh, we have one of our inter-county referees who, in the case of David Goff, has done it for the last few years. He does it over three nights, two nights, and I'm glad to see that Crow Park are introduced in a presentation day now for the third one. And after that, then, they're given uh, their certificate and they're uh, allowed to go and obviously referee. But what we've done to safeguard that, because we, we found that there's no point handing a fellow whistle on a and a book and a red card or a black card and say, away you go. Um, I'd like to again to thank the referees committee in that we have Seamus McCormick there and other lads that cajole the lads, make contact, exchange mm. numbers, see how they're getting on and be there for them. And that's very important. So, so, so there's a great network there um, when you do become a referee. You're not left on your own, as you said. You've got all these other contacts and, and people will be in contact with you to make sure that um, you're okay and that you're getting on all right with the referee. And you're not just, as you said, giving a whistle and, and sent no, off. No, no, that, that, that's certainly what we have tried to, to work on. And, and to answer David's question about the new referees, I'd like to think that that's a fruition of what we did, that we have a, a tranche of new referees coming through in both codes. And if you look at, Michael, if you look at, for example, to, to back that up, we have a um, Mark Riley from Tenetton, uh, one of the new referees in the last three years. Mark did a county ace semi final at the senior hurling last year in Nav, Park Tyson. And yep. he was within a touching distance of doing the final. He was very much in the mix. So we have given these lads, the, given them the support and put the trust in them. And, you know, it's great to see that happen. Frank, something that always interested me as a player, and uh, I'm sure Mickey is the same, on, on a Thursday or a Friday of a championship weekend, you'll get the list of referees that have been appointed to the respective games. Yeah. What I want to know is, how, what sort of process is that? How difficult is it to, from, from say, senior, intermediate, junior, right through to junior C or junior D, how difficult is it to, I suppose, appoint referees to each game? And what's the different stipulations you have to look at as a committee? Yeah, well, first of all, um, I, I'm, I, I just want to, before I answer your question in full, I, I sit on the CCC uh, as part of the referees uh, brief. And I, I want to give great credit to the CCC, David, because they sit 52 or 50 out of the 52 weeks in the year and a great work and hard working committee that a lot of people wouldn't be aware of uh, three to four hours every week. And I would, I would work closely there with uh, Damien Griffin, who does the, um, he's the fixture secretary. Mm. We'd be on uh, daily, probably five to 10 calls a day. And the fixtures come out. And when they come out, we, the committee, would sit down. We would see the skill set of the referee at that time to match the appoint, uh, the, the, uh, the game. And obviously, as you can imagine, the senior inter-county lads and down from that, fitness, um, awareness, the whole lot comes into play. And we put them into the senior, intermediate, and then junior. And But the most important, I'm glad you asked that question, because a lot of referees, because we're working within the span of 80 plus referees, a lot of them have to double up. A guy could be, David Coldred could be doing a senior age championship game. But on, on the on the Friday night, he could do an intermediate or junior A or junior B. 
And, and one thing I'd like to pay tribute to them guys is there's no airs and graces with the lads that are at the top in the in the referee and in me. They will do any uh, B-League games, Junior C, Junior D. And that exactly fits in with your question. We rotate them referees in because to make do, uh, to cover them 60 matches. And that's how, and the matches are played with, in conjunction with the CCC from a Thursday right through to a Sunday. And that's how, that's how it helps us. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, last one for me, Frank. Um, he obviously brought all the managers in during the week, earlier in the week, to to talk to them, and it was it was by by all accounts, by the sounds of it, it was a brilliant discussion. It was it was an open forum, basically, for managers to voice their own opinions and to to ask different questions. Talk to us about that and how that went. Yeah, well, again, <clears throat> um, if I can say that this committee, everything is positive with it. As soon as an idea comes up. Yeah, it's let's do it. There's no negativity. And in this case with the referees, bring, or sorry, bringing the managers in, we decided that, you know, there are stakeholders in the in the game, the managers. They have a right to know the workings of the referees committee and on what how we're doing and what, how we go about. And these new rules are coming in in both hurling and in football. So we had the hurling, um, the week we divided. We did the hurling uh, the week before last and we did the football this week. And it was hugely successful. We had Sean Stack, who's a prominent referee, young referee in Dublin, and very involved in Crow Park, and uh, his counterpart, David Goff, as you know. And both of them gave exemplary uh, um, talk on the new rules, and they took questions from the floor. And it was opened into the floor what aspects they had on the referee in the in the county. So I have to say it was very worthwhile and I feel very pleased to have done it. Yeah, and Frank, I believe you're having another uh, meeting with all the managers from the teams to go through all the new rules and the ramifications of all these new rules that have been brought in. Not that there's a whole pile of them, but we will get you on in a couple of weeks' time maybe to run through them yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Mike. No problem there. And I, I'd... Um, I, I, if I can say, I just wanted to, one or two things to say. I wanted to say about my committee. Is it okay? I, I wanted to introduce my committee. Is that okay? Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, first of all, the, the secret, I think, of this committee, how I'm so happy working on it, is that the chairman, uh, Peter Hallam, when he asked me to take up this role, and his predecessor, John Cavanagh, the same, who was vice chairman at the time, uh, they, I asked them, could I pick my own committee? So because it was football and hurling, and I had to do it strategically in the county. Uh, they gave me the thumbs up, not an issue. And I started off with uh, John Delaney from Dunboyne, mm-hmm. whose brother PJ, he's dying the world, Jay, man. His uh, brother PJ has five All Ireland medals, minor up to senior with the Kenny, and a cousin of the great JJ Delaney. Um, then we move on to Dominic Riley from Kiltail. Dominic, uh, of course, Kiltail, as you know, won the five in a row in Hurling. Dominic was chairman. He's involved with the uh, um, selected with the senior Hurling team. Then we had Seamus McCormick, who we've already mentioned. Seamus from Waterstown. Um, Seamus is an umpire also with David Coldrick. But Seamus is somebody, like the other members on the committee, who put so much into it. And because of his role, former role as a referee and his cajoling of the referees, has left us in a very good state. And I could see a role for Seamus at national level. I think of him that good. And the final one is Raymond Finnegan from Gail Cullum Kill. And Raymond is, uh, he's present chair of the minor board, but he gives us a great counsel and he's a great um, knowledge of the game and he attends all the games on both codes. So, and the last one was 
Nick Fitzgerald, who was with us for up to last year, Nick was down to the fixtures. But Nick, again, being a county um, hurling manager, very strong uh, input. And I have to say, um, heavy hitters. But we meet every mm. Sunday night uh, from the quarterfinal on to the finals of both codes. And we pick our men who we, who we feel is the person for the job. And it's a joy to behold to work on that committee. Well, that's, that's, that's a star-studded committee, so it is. That's for sure. Michael, can I just finish on this note? There was good people <laughs> there before us. There'll be good people after us. We were there to serve me, the county board, and all Gales, and we hope we do our best. Yeah, well, Frank, you are doing an amazing job. And um, If anybody out there does want to become a referee, get in contact with your club secretary or PRO. They'll set, point you in the right direction. Frank and the boys are... Lo- yeah, Frank and the boys will look after you um, if you do go on to become a referee and and, and, and there is plenty of, of networking and there's plenty of people to look after you when you go in there. Frank Logley, Referees Administrator for the MGA. Thanks a million for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. No Thank problem you, at all. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn placing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Maybe that was uh, Frank Galogli there. Um, brilliant. So insightful. And, and we're definitely going to have him back on to speak about these new uh, rules that are, are, are going to be in place this year. Mickey, I thought you were going to put your hand up and say to Frank, I want to be a ref. I want to give something back for all of the abuse that I've given referees down through the years. I was sure it was just going to come out of you there, but you didn't. <laughs> Davy, I've been a referee. <laughs> I have I have done the course. I have worn the jersey, literally. I will go and find my red card and yellow card that I have up there. That is my that and my whistle and my whistle and my referee's outfit. I will find them and I will wear them onto the podcast the next day. That's my problem with referees. I know the rule book too. <laughs> you know it better than the actual referees that are referee in the games. <laughs> I, well, I do usually quote it to them, so I do. Uh, <laughs> it's excuse, like the Bible. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Paragraph 7, page 55, 5.1a. You will see that. <laughs> I'm rewriting the rules, but uh, yeah, no, look, it is. It's brilliant. Um, and that's a like, you know, we, we give out about referees a lot. Now, we do. Like, and, and, and I do it, and we all do it, whatever. But, like, there's a group, a committee on the Mead County Board that are looking at all the complaints that people have out there about referees and are trying to fix them, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, well, two really, really simple things that that, that committee and, and Frank has spoken about that they've done in recent weeks one is bringing the managers in. And I know that sounds so simple, but by bringing them in and sitting them all down, and I know Andy McAtee was part of it. I know Nick Weir was part of it. The likes of Colin O'Rourke, who's back involved with Simonstown, he was on it. Do you know, like, yeah. so 
every single manager was there. They listened to what the guys had to say. They voiced their, their own concerns or their complaints or whatever it is. And they were listened to. And it was an open floor, which was great. That I thought that was super. The other thing that I think is going to be great, and we've sort of mentioned it and touched on it already, is the linesman. And I think, you know, you always see it at Park Talton. You, you know you're going to have neutral linesmen. But when you take a big championship game, and I mean it can be junior A, intermediate or senior, out of Park Talton and bring it to, say, Carlinstown and say, Mickey, right? Suddenly you have a guy from, you have two lads from the opposition teams doing the lines and there's a 50-50 call or there's, you know, there's something that went on off the ball and it's spotted by the linesman, but they're from the club in question. Then it turns into a big row and a big argument between the teams and players and all sorts of things. Whereas now, Mickey, that's not going to happen because they're all neutral and there's going to be three officials along with the umpires that you have to remember are coming with the referee as well. So, like, yeah. all in all, and even for the sake of the few quid extra just to pay them to do it, and they're also getting exposed to great referees with the likes of Coldrick and Goff, I suppose, learning your apprenticeship under them before you can actually go and progress yourselves. Brilliant. Like the, 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 yeah, two very, very simple things that could make a huge difference to the way the games are refereed. And that I, I, I just think it's very, very forward thinking. I think it's a brilliant idea by uh, Frank and his uh, committee. And I said it, a star-studded committee it is too, Davey Rispin. Yeah, it is. It is like, look, at you're bringing guys like Seamus McCormick in who's refereed at an inter-county level. Frank himself was a very good referee. Um, number of other guys as well, like the likes of Nick Fitz there, you know, former Mead manager, he's heavily involved still. And yeah. that's great to see. And I think Frank sort of wanted to mold that himself. You know, he had fellas in mind for different positions and that kind of thing. And, you know, with the, with the blessings, John Cavanagh and that, they were absolutely fine to let him do it. And, you know, who'd argue with the job that they're doing at the minute and the quality and the quantity also of young referees that they're bringing through. That's just great to see. Because at the at the end of the day, and Frank said that it was the first thing he said, we have 59 clubs in this county, one of the biggest counties in Ireland as regards GEA clubs. You know, you heard how many referees he needs on a weekend to fill that amount of games. So it's yeah. key that we have bodies to do that. And without the recruitment, I don't think that'd be possible. Yeah, 100%. And as you said, really good... Uh, quality of young referees coming through at the moment. I question our friend there in, in, in Chocolate. Like Frank has is, is, is gone easy on Mr. Smith. And so he has, uh, I think he gets a bit of a free pass, does he? Uh, he, he does, yeah. He's, um, I suppose, <laughs> look at the fact that he's not playing too much football anymore, Mickey. You know, he, he's more available to do probably two games, as in referee in two games. Back a couple of years ago, he used to play a game and referee a game. Now he's referee in two games in the weekend. So maybe he has more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe he has a little bit more time in his hand now, but and, and that will give him the chance to to do a bit more study on the rule book, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And like he's doing a great job off the field. I know he's heavily involved in Dunchocklin, is Andy. So like, you know, uh kudos to him. Yeah, yeah, no. Andy Andy a good listener to the podcast and just uh just winding them up. Uh, and one of our one of our really uh, high end up and coming referees. I I've I've seen him a few times and I think he is a class referee. I really do. Yeah, and he's he's the prime example, Mickey. You know, he's still a young man and he's made strides and he's probably, you know, we've spoken to Andy on a number of different occasions and he, he, the likes of David Goff and, and David Coldrick and Cormac Riley as well, they've been really, really key in Andy's development as a referee and having them to, I suppose, go to for a word of advice here and there. It's just brilliant. And like 
we, we probably take them for granted, but we're very fortunate to have two or three of the best referees in the country, you know, right here in County Mead. It's, it's just brilliant. Yeah, and, 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 and for anybody who is going on to be a referee, that something else that Frank was just wanted to reiterate over and over again was the, the role that James McCormick plays and, you know, how he's constantly in contact with these new referees. He says cajoling them. I say, you know, mentoring and, you know, arm around the shoulder and making sure that they're okay and that, you know, because it's not an easy job, but it's, look, they're doing a fantastic, fantastic job there in the, in the Mead County Board. And I think that Frank and the lads have hit the nail on the head with what they're doing and um, uh, uh, bringing all the, the with, with everything, meeting up the managers and, you know, what they're doing for the young referees. Absolutely brilliant. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Davey, we're going to move on now, and uh, I suppose the return to play has to be looked at. Um, the GA have announced the revised um, master plan, and uh, you know, the Alliance Football League is going to start the weekend of the 15th and 16th of May, so we're only what. What, four weeks away from, 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 from a ball being kicked? That's all, yeah, yeah, in anger. Now, obviously, there's a few balls being kicked in other counties already. Oh! We, we, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, it's, it's, it's great. And we've kind of been speculating about it for the last couple of weeks. And we knew that an announcement was imminent. Um, so it's great to see that there's there's a plan in place now to obviously push forward with, with the recommencement of, of play. And I think Hurling is the first thing back. Um, on I think it's the 10th and 11th of May. That's the first weekend of the National Hurling Leagues. And then football uh, is the following week as well. But it's just great to see um, an end in sight, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it is indeed. And uh, uh, the, the championship uh, will kick off, I'm trying to remember. Uh, no, we've got the, the weekend of the 19th and 20th of June will be the division's um, semi-finals, I think, is it? Or is that the last weekend of the of, of the league games? Yeah, it's all in the document. Uh, I think that was sent out by uh, the GA. I think it is the the middle of June is the uh, semi finals and finals of the leagues where it allows. Obviously, in hurling, I don't think there's any semi finals or finals. There's it's just straight through. But in football, there is, and obviously that's as a result of us being split um, in the football kind of to regions if you will um so me they're obviously in with Westmead, down and mayo there are three alliance national football league games um two go through from each of the subgroups so basically the top two in other words if you win two of your three games you're in a semi-final who you'll play the from the other side so it's a really uh i like it i think i because it means that you know there's there's I suppose you, you know yourself, if you win two out of the three games, you're going to be in a league semi-final. That's, and if you win all three, you're going to have what might be perceived as an easier semi-final because you'll play second from the other group as opposed to the group winner. Yeah, it's, it's got that Champions League format to yeah. it. Um, you know, and uh, for the league, it is going to be uh, 
uh, really, really exciting. You know, you'll want that top spot. Um, you lose your first game, you're, you're, you're under the cost though. Well, that, that's it. And I think the way ours is tailored is we have, uh, we have Westmead and Down, one at home and one in away, and then we play Mayo in the last game. So, like, from a Mead perspective, I think the hope would be that you'd be playing Mayo already through, not needing something from that game to get through to the semi-final. In an ideal world, it'd be a straight shootout with Mayo to see who tops the group and has a, we'll call it an easier semi-final, but you know yourself, it's not <laughs> always like that. But, um, yeah, look at it. It's it, it's it's a novelty, and I think they had to do something like that because they couldn't play the league in its traditional format just because of the time constraints. We, at this stage of the year, Mickey, the league would normally be over almost at this stage. You know, um, having started in the last week of January this year, obviously due to unforeseen circumstances, things had to be changed. So yeah, they've improvised, and I like it. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, um, is it is it a little bit disappointing that they that they didn't go with club first? Um, similar to last year yeah yeah it is um <laughs> i'm going to play um i don't mean to be a bit downbeat right but i think we knew at the start of the year that we would have championship uh, at the very last week in july slash first week in august with the baron mead get to an all Ireland semi-final and we now know that it's going to be a knockout championship inter-county again so we know that if we're beaten at Leinster stage at any stage, whether that's Dublin in the semi-final or final or whatever, we're gone. And that's the biggest hindrance in Leinster for me because you're playing the best team that maybe ever played the game and you don't have a second chance. Whereas if you're in another province, you probably have a better chance of getting through it. Whereas last year we've seen we're beaten in the Leinster final and that's it, done and dusted. So unless we beat Dublin or we beat whoever in the Leinster final, we will have club championship starting at the begin at the end of July, at the beginning of August at the latest. Only the semi-finalists in Inter-County, their club championships are going to have to be held off till probably September time at this stage. To answer your question, obviously, yeah, that's something that I would have been a huge advocate for as club first. But I think, and this is obviously providing that club gets the green light maybe in May to go back training, that we can have our leagues or our cups running hand in hand with the inter-county season, minus county players, obviously, for clubs that have them involved in an inter-county capacity. Yeah, and that would be the ideal scenario then, because your county championships will start in September, they'll run through till November, and then they've reintroduced the provincial championships, Davy Rispin, and uh, they're going to commence in December and run into January. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see that. I, I do like them. Um, I, 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 it's more so after sort of playing in, in one of them, I just think it's a real novelty for clubs that maybe haven't, don't win championships every year. The likes of, um, the likes of say, Balnebracchi last year, I was really disappointed for them that they didn't get the opportunity to go into Leinster and play for, for their sake. But but that's just last year. Um, it's good to have that back. I think it's a nice bonus at the end of the year. Um, but there'll be a little bit of, because see, some counties are going to have their championships finished a lot uh a lot longer sooner than others are because let's say Dublin get to the All-Ireland final, which the likelihood is they probably will. Their club championship won't kick in until September time, whereas ours might be two or three rounds done at that stage, you know? So it'll just be interesting to see how that uh, particular scenario plays out. But look, it's great. It'll be interesting to see what way um, counties, I suppose, factor their own one in. Will will they play a league as as we would normally have it in a traditional format to play twelve or thirteen rounds of league? It's probably going to be hard done. So my own sort of inkling would be that they'd play like a cup format in sorry they play a cup 
in a league format. Sort of like what they did at the start of last year. Everyone has three games and then their semi-finals and finals. That way teams are guaranteed three or four outings before their championship kicks in. It'll all depend on time and what the government provide for, for the club players out there. I think that's going to be the key. Yeah, it'll all depend on when they say that club players can go back to uh, competitive games. Not the training, but the actual competitive yeah. games. If they said June, you could probably play um, eight games, you know, over the course of your three months up until August. Um, so, you know, eight league games or whatever. But look, again, that's all to be finalised. Um, Davey, one of the disappointing things from the return to play, um, while it's, it's hard to, to, to say that there's something disappointing, I suppose, is that they didn't make a provision for the 2020 minor All-Ireland Championship or the 2020 or even the 2021 All-Ireland Under-20 um, uh, uh, Inter-County Championship. So that, and then we've seen Bernard Flynn has come out and has, has lambasted them, like saying, like, why are they not, uh, uh, you know, making provisions for this? I think it's very wrong. Um, your under-20s and your minors, they are treated the same way as a senior team um, when it comes to preparation and and everything. So, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're highly professional at that level too. I, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's disgraceful, to be honest with you, Mickey. Um, and we've spoken about this in recent weeks as well, and we hope that the, the imminent announcement would include that. And they've sort of nearly ignored them. <laughs> Do you know, and these are fellas, the, the likes of the minors will say, for example, our minors from last year who are in the Leinster final, by the way, against Offaly, they're all, a lot of those guys are doing their leaving certs now in June and they have enough pressures as it is without worrying about when football might get the green light. It, at least a little bit of guidance would have been helpful for them. I know Damien, Damien Donoghue even spoke on Northern Sound. It was a good listen. I'm sure you heard it, Mickey. Yeah. Um, speaking from on behalf of Cavan, like he's Cavan under 20 manager and not just not just Bernard. Like Bernard's probably he's he's good because Bernard's a high profile figure that can actually speak out and probably create a few waves about it. But there's other guys out there who are all in the same boat, uh, and and they have panels of sixty and seventy guys in there with development squads, and they're trying to work individually with them, and it's it's, it's almost impossible for them. And that that doesn't even bring out the likes of guys. We'll say Shane Walsh last year, right, Mickey, who and Jordy Morris who were part of the Mead Senior Football Panel, but were also eligible for the under-20s, they're allowed to go and train. So like an under-20 player who's in on the, the senior squad now is able to go in in a couple of weeks' time and train with the seniors. Yes, he's eligible for the 20s, and that's his primarily his age, and he has no idea. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, yeah. that uncertainty, like he, like let, let's say Jordy Morris last year, he could be playing for Mead in a month's time in the National Football League. Yes, the under twenties. He has no inkling as to when you know they're going to get the green light. It doesn't really add up, and and no reason why. No, like um, you know that's the, that's the biggest thing. Like an answer either way. If they come out and said no, we're scrapping it, um, yeah. it's too dangerous, or you know, if they come out and said something, but to just completely uh, ignore um, was was a real smack in the face for anybody involved at under 20 or minor level. Um, and as I said, they put in just as much effort as your senior senior teams do. They're just not as high profile a lot of the time. Well, look, we do hope that they get an answer very soon and that the GEA come out and uh, give us a return to play for under 20s and minors um, and, and that the, the, the competitions from last year can be finished and then the competitions for this year can start because, you know, it, 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 
and especially, you know, Damien would be an advocate for for for, for the mental health issues um, that that come out. A lot of a lot of our mental health issues would revolve around that age group, you know. And as you get older, you learn how to deal with things a little bit more. But like they are a very vulnerable age between that age of sixteen and twenty, and even go as far as twenty two. I know they're not on the under twenties. That is a crucial age group that need to be looked after. A cohort of of young people that their mental health needs to be looked after. And you know, if if it means getting them out to play games of football, if that helps them. Let them out and play football. That's what I say. And um, yeah, look, we'll, we 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 hope to get their answer soon, and we are looking forward to returning to the, the, the football fields very very soon. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, auto more from your phone. Auto more also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto more dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. TV, uh, we'll go on to our lotto segment. And um, I'm sure you have uh, plenty of uh, info in there on uh, lottery jackpots around the county. Yeah, I do indeed, Mickey. First one up is from Manalvi. Um, theirs is currently capped at 10,000, with the reserve increasing to 4,700 this week. Draw takes place on Monday night, and you can play it at manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Uh, Dunshocklin and Royal Gales, um, there was no winner of last week's 13,000 jackpot. They're getting a great kick out of theirs at the minute, Mickey. <laughs> um, but they had seven match three winners who all got 30 quid each. Um, the reserve is building up nicely, 9,400 this week. It's been running for 42 weeks with no winner. It has to go soon, says Andy Smith and, and Dunshocklin and Royal Gales. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, you can play that one on Club Force. Sarah McMahon over in Castletown. Um, their jackpot is on the increase as well. 1,200. They had no winner of it. Um, they had five lucky dips who all got 30 euro each. And next week's jackpot moves on to 1,300. And you can play that one on the smartlotto.ie forward slash Castletown GFC. Slain, uh, their jackpot rolls on to 5,450 this week. Um, the winning numbers were 2, 7, 11 and 24. Uh, they said thank you for the continued support both in envelopes and on the Club Force app. Spot prizes are available for collection in Smith Shop for anyone who's lucky enough to win something there. That isn't us, Mickey. Um, Navin O'Mahony's Colin O'Brien, he's out of the woodwork again. Uh, with no winner of their last week's jackpot and next week's one, which takes place on the 13th of April, which is Tuesday night at 9 pm. 5,450. Um, Mary O'Brien was the winner of the three numbers last week. Fix. Uh, fix. Fix. <laughs> fix. Absolute fix. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I, well, no, we'll come back to it. Um, from Condor GFC, uh, 8,200 euro. Their match three rollover next week of 240 euro. Um, the draw takes place on Tuesday nights and it can be played online via Smart Lotto or envelopes can be dropped into the clubhouse post box. Uh, Kieran Devaney out in Blackhall Gales, uh, 5,200 euro of a jackpot takes place on Monday week, so it's every second Monday 
on the 19th of April is their next draw. Kilmainham GFC, 5,200 euro every Monday night. You can play that one in Club Force. My own Carter GFC, uh, 5,500 euro every Friday night at 10 p.m. You can play that one at cartongea.com. And we're starting a new thing, Mickey. Another way we love, you know, giving away different things. What we've decided to do is in addition to the five 20 euros which we give away on a weekly, we're going to give away one classic retro jersey every single week, right? For oh. the next 32 weeks, we've got all sorts of jerseys from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Um, the first one we're going to give away, and I'm going to spill the beans here, is the Trevor Giles sleeveless one from uh, 1999. Um, has the the badge that says 1999 All-Ireland Final Sleeveless. It's class, number 11 on the back as well. So um, that's going to be thrown in as well as a spot prize every week. I want that this week. I want the Trevor Giles one. I want to be back out on the field in a few weeks' time with no bloody sleeves on the jersey. I'm going to get into the gym for the next four weeks and I'm going to get out there with the guns on the football field in the, uh, when we do get back on in, what, four or five, six weeks' time. Yeah, get me that jersey, the number 11 Trevor Giles Sleeveless all-Ireland final 1999, Davey. Fix it. Fix it. If if Colin O'Brien can fix that his Auntie Mary wins the money in, in the Navin O'Mountains now, you can fix that one for me. I'll, I'll do my best, but what if William Reed comes out and I want it, Mickey? <laughs> did you ever did you ever watch Strike at Josh? No? Was that did you ever watch that? No? No, no, no. no. But what I was gonna to say to you is you can wear the jersey on Fridays, I'll wear it on Tuesdays. That's what it, that's what I was talking about. Drake and Josh, they used to have this lucky thing, right? where they go on dates and they'd always, you know, they'd always get the girl if they wore this lucky shirt and they were going on a date same night, but there was a big row over it. They ended up ripping it and they had to patch it together again. It'd be something like that for us too, Mickey. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it does for a different type of scoring altogether. Uh, <laughs> but uh, is just are you done with them there? I just no, it's still another couple. To, right, you, you know, go on. I, I, I want to go back to the Navinamatnis one when you're done. That's okay. <laughs> Gail Column Kill is next, and theirs is currently capped at 12,000, and it rolls on to this Thursday night. Um, Alan Tormey's actually sent it to me this week. He's not making me clickbait and click into the link to try and, you know, right. because we play it anyway, Alan, you know, so there's no <laughs> need. Um, uh, St. Column Kill is over in Laytown. Um, Theirs moves on to €4,800 um, this week and it can be played on the Clubify app. So there's a different one there as well. Um, Kevin Coyne out in Ballinabraki. Their next uh, jackpot rolls on to €4,400. They had no winner of the €4,300 jackpot. They also have a 1500 bonus ball as well, which is thrown in Monday night at 9pm that draw. Uh, final one on my list, Mickey, is their neighbours out in Clannard and their jackpot's at €5,100 currently and it is live on Facebook every single Monday night at 8pm. Excellent, excellent. Just to bring you back to Navin O'Matney's there, uh, Colin O'Brien just wants to confirm something for us that um, when you get the Navin O'Matney's club lotto uh, results and information on time. That means he sent it. Um, when you don't get it on time, Davy Rispin, his sister Kelly is in, is is, uh, is supposed to be sending it to you. So that's probably you know I, I I think he's I think he's just using that as an excuse that when whenever anything goes right in Omatnis, he's basically the one who does it. But when it's going wrong, he's passing the book. I see. 
Yeah, yeah, just wanted to inform you of that. I have two lottos just to let you know about. Uh, Centralstown Club Lotto is 9,400 on Monday night. It's every Monday night. Uh, if it's not one, they have five lucky dip winners of 25 euro each. Uh, the maximum jackpot is 10,000, so it's about to reach that. It's not far off that, and it reverts back to 1,000 if it's one you can get. They do their lotto on Smart Lotto, so go on to their social medias and um, you will be able to do, you'll, you'll find the link and you can do the lotto. Then I have the Simonson one, the Gelmeister, the Jelly has been in contact. There was no winner of last week's um, jackpot. Uh, the match three winner, they only had one, and that was Lauren Kearney. The numbers were 6, 17, 19, and 30. Um, and next Friday night, the jackpot is 5,600. Again, you can go on to the Simonson social media and get the link to their um, lotto on there. Davey. I... I- in fairness to Colin, right, we have to be conscious that he can't come on here and, and you know, fight his corner. But just on the Simons down lotto, Mickey, um, this this is genius. Like, and I admire this, but but for some people, they might be a little bit sceptical of it. Um, there was a tweet they put up uh, last week, and the headline was Club Lotto Heads for €7,500, <laughs> right? And it's about two grand off that. And the way in which they're going, if it's not one, it will reach €7,500 by June of 2022. That is classic <laughs> clickbait now. Um, I, I admire a good piece of work when I see it. Other people might be a little bit more uh, tetchy about that. But yeah, good work, whoever did that. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, like it, it, in fact, this week they should say it's heading for 15,000 euro because it is. It's going that way. It might never get there, but it is going that way. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's, 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 oh, it's, was it Colin who pointed this out to you? Um, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but, but Colin was made aware of it. And yeah, oh, he was made he, aware. He knows of about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done. Look, there's a nice little bit of. You know, um, parish rivalry going on there, shall we say? Yeah, well, through the lotto, like, like yeah, but yeah, but it's funny, like because he lives on our end of the parish. He lives across the bridge. He lives up our end. He is a Simonstown man. He's um, masquerading himself as a as, as an Arvin O'Matney's man. Like it's absolutely horrendous. He lives about a hundred meters from my mother's house, which is well on the north side of Navin. It's practically in Simonstown. He could head across the field at the back of his house. Um, and be in Simonstown way quicker than we'd be in Navin O'Matley's. But look, do you know what I mean? We're getting into politics now, so yeah. Um, he should be in Simonstown, but we'll, 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 we'll say nothing more on, on that one, Davey. No, no. Jeez, you've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all from the lottos, Mickey. I can't wait for the barrage of text messages I get after he listens to this one um, and the barrage of messages that he'll be getting as well. Um, Davey, I suppose... Finally, we'll go on to our Instagram interactive, and uh, I suppose with the with the return to play um, being announced, you might have a few um, you might have a few people uh, getting in contact with you this week. Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, first one up is from Jack Walsh, and he said Mead and the Omani is losing a dual star Regan to London. Oh. Is Regan heading off to London? Yeah, I think Dylan Regan is, and I don't think he was too pleased at uh, missing out on the Exiles podcast either. Uh, that's his, so Dylan is heading off to London, and God, he definitely would have been on our Exiles team. Mm. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, he would have been on the panel. I don't know about the team. Oh, there's a dig. Um, I would have had him on the, on, on the team. but um, Instead of who? Uh, 
I'll have to look back at the team. Yeah, I, don't yeah. Want to... I thought so. Yeah, yeah. If anybody wants to uh, hear that podcast, go on to Patreon forward slash and you will hear our exiles team. Um, I'm not. Uh, yeah, that's 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 big news. Didn't realize Dylan was heading off. Mm. Uh, Jelly himself has been in contact, and he says Peter Duffy being replaced by Bobby Boshai as water boy. It has to happen. <laughs> Is it uh, Bobby Boucher? Yeah, I don't know him at all, Mickey. Do you not know Bobby Boucher, the water boy? No. Never seen the movie? No. <sighs> Sorry about that. Adam Sandler. No. Oh no, no. I I yeah, I know a lot of Adam Sandler movies. I've never seen that one though. Do you never see the water boy where he oh. plays the American football? He's the water boy on the American football team. A Bobby Boucher. No. And he's no. You'll have to watch that one. Yeah. I will. It's on the, it's I, on the bucket list. But Bobby Boucher was way cleverer than Duffy. But uh, what? <laughs> Um, Craig DJ Manning uh, said Rachel Blackmore and he has the he has the love eyes and he also has the like the, the sweat emoji like you know with the 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 water yeah. the vapor running down the and the tongue out <laughs> yeah ah look it's a it's a it's an incredible story what a year um, sports personality of the year all sewn up uh, first ever Grand National female uh, jockey it's just. It's what a year! Like look at her entry, look at the uh, uh, look at her Cheltenham, then look at her at entry. It's it's incredible. I'm not into horse racing at all, but I think it's a wonder, It's an amazing story. Yeah, and yeah, but behind it all, Mickey, she's a lovely, lovely girl. Like she's she's so she's so quiet and unassuming and just sound. Yeah, like and you know she's so so modest. Like there's people out there who have achieved major things in their fields and they're all sorts of things. She's anything but. She's just a class act and she's a great ambassador for the game, really. And, you know, all, all the best to her. Um, the next one is from uh, Deck F. Dunn. And he said, should have been an open draw for the championship. Yeah, look, I'd love to see an open draw. Um, I, I'm not a fan of provincials at all. Yeah. And if they were doing a knockout, why not have it as a as a as an open draw? I suppose it's probably to avoid mass uh, mass groups heading over across the country. That could be another reason from one end of the country to another, um, because I'm sure at that stage we will be allowed to have some fans going to games. So you'd probably want to stop them from travelling huge distances. But yeah, I'd love to see. Look, I I don't think. The, the GA would would allow a championship to go ahead like that without the provincial championships because there'd be uproar about it. And I, I think it's so dated. Mm. Joe McQueenie's followed that up by saying no backdoor in the championship again. Disaster. No, I don't think it is. Um so sorry Joe. I, I, I'm not I'm not completely dismissing your 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 your, your point, but um no I uh, I I, I, I love, I'm a traditionalist. I love the, the no backdoor. What about you, Davey? I suppose it's tough when you're in Leinster and you know you know that if you keep going in Leinster, you eventually will meet Dublin and that means you're not getting to an All-Ireland semi-final. Or yeah. could you? I know, like I, I agree with Joe to, to what we're dealing with now because I think if you merge Dex's point and Joe's point, I'd be all for an open championship as well. Yeah. And then I'd be all for straight knockout. But... The fact that we're stuck in a provincial, yet it's still straight knockout. That's what bothers me because, as you say, we're stuck in Leinster, whereas the team who's stuck in any other province, realistically, they have a better chance of coming through. The likes of, the likes of, Le- let's say, your Cavans last year. Do you know, they came through an ultra competitive Ulster championship, 
But they didn't obviously have to face Dublin until the All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, Leitrim have a better chance of getting to an All-Ireland semi-final than Mead, really, yeah, in fairness. Yeah. They, they probably do, yeah. So, like, I, I would agree that an open draw would be desirable and mm-hmm. then a straight knockout because, obviously, everybody's on a level playing field. Yeah, 100%, yeah. So we merged the two of them together and we've got the perfect one, yeah. Um, Jake McCredden uh, says, up-and-coming youngsters in clubs with a question mark. Well, you, you've, you've, we, we've done a bit of uh, research on this before, and you have, uh, you've got a lot of names I know in your head that you think are up and coming players. Yeah, he's not one of them. Um, <laughs> Is he uh, not? Was Jake not one of them? Ah, uh, no, he would, he would be. I'm sure he was probably just looking for a bit of a mention there. But uh, yeah, like look at in the fiend, I suppose as well as him. There's, there's a number of players that are really coming through and we only talked about in their best 10 last week didn't we Mickey yeah. about the sort of new crop and new generation it's probably a podcast in itself there's great young players dashed around the county I suppose you look at the the Mead minor team from last year slash this year there's going to be an awful lot of those guys starting to emerge on the club scene now in the next couple of years so we're going to see loads more of these guys probably establishing themselves into really household names in the county so yeah we, look we might look to revisit that and possibly do two or three for each club or something like that just as a podcast or standalone maybe yeah, 100%. Uh, Niall Flynn asked, will there be adult club league matches when inter-county is on in brackets if government restrictions allow? That's what we were talking about as well a little bit earlier on. We do think that there will. Um, if they allow us back to train in May, I don't see why they won't allow us back to play football in June. It's all about getting a cohort of the most vulnerable people in the country vaccinated. And by then, by June, like we should be vaccinating people in their 50s at that stage. So the the chances of someone ending up hospitalised or dying from um, uh, COVID are greatly reduced at that stage. So I think we will be back training in May and probably playing ball in June. So that means that we should have some sort of a league or, you know, we we, we could have a regional league. That would be a great idea. You know, all the teams around Nav and Simonson play against Corton. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to say Beckton for someone. No, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, Zach Griffin has followed that up, actually, uh, by saying, surely there'll be some sort of competition from June to championship window. And, uh, yeah, like, I think that's what you're after saying, Mickey. You would imagine that, you know, n- nobody's going to be asked to just line out for the championship and sort of go in cold because yeah, just crazy. Like, even last year, we've seen that there was the, the the two or three league games, you know, they didn't mean anything or anything. Essentially, they were challenge matches, as it turned out, because the competitions weren't finished. But they gave teams a little bit of a, of a toe-in, I suppose, before the championship. Yeah, we might try and get on to um, somebody in the county board and see if they have maybe provisions in place for that or are they waiting on directive from, from uh, headquarters before they decide that. Yeah. Um, McDonough... Uh, just McDonough asked um, Ethan Devine or Shane Walsh. <laughs> we've we've done a poll, Mickey. Oh right, and, and come here. Is that just the question, Ethan Devine or Shane Walsh? Like, is there no is there no body to the question? No, there's no. It's not about football or persons or anything like that. It's just Ethan Devine. So I just did a straight poll: Ethan Devine or Shane Walsh, and uh, Shane Walsh was a unanimous winner in this one, Mickey. Um, okay. 182 votes to 94, which breaks down as a 66% to 34% victory for Shane Walsh. So he's got the bragging rights out in the FINA. 
Yeah, um, he does. But uh, again, I don't know what he, why Shane Walsh over Ethan Devine was it height? Was it? Um, no, was definitely it, not height. <laughs> was it? Was it shoulder width? Was Possibly goals scored. Um, was it? A, is it just a guess? It's it's definitely not crack because I know Ethan Devine is good at oh, crack. Oh, <laughs> see, and you're saying Shane Walsh is? I I oh. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, I just know. I just know that Ethan Devine is good crack. So, like, I I won't have. Shane Walsh, Davy Rispin thinks you're a dry old shy. <laughs> You've been said to be joke or All something. the Nafina lads will be like, "Yeah, you're 100 right." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, like so. Maybe, maybe was it Lux? <gasps> so was this? Was this? A, was this a poll about Lux? I don't, I don't know. Um, speaking of Lux and. Uh, crack and personality and everything like that is Alan Moore from St. Bridget's. He's come in and uh, he just said, Jack Blake completely given up on football and taken up tennis, seemingly. Well, well, I'll get back to that in one second, but like the, the way you introduced this, you said speaking about looks and crack and have you got a, have you got a, a, a man thing going on there? Alan well, well, Alan Moore would be considered by many as being the, the Holy Grail or the Adonis of North Mead. And, and, you know, not just in St. Bridges and everything. He is the all account. Exactly, Mickey. Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it's okay to say stuff like that. But yeah, he's speculating about his fellow teammate, Jack Blake, giving up football and taking up tennis. Well, I'd say the reason for that is that tennis is coming back sooner than the GA. So maybe that's his way of getting a little bit of extra training in. Hmm, possibly, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, I've, take, I, I've taken up darts. So, oh. yeah. yeah. I hope it proves it's the last time you're out in the wrist bin. Wait, wait till you see. I've got my own set of darts now, Davey, as well. Oh. I am going to kick your ass, buddy. And uh, what else? And table tennis. Table tennis and, uh, and, and darts, yeah. Interesting. They're, they're the next two professional uh, uh, athletic games that I'm going to be playing. I was going to say something mean, <laughs> but I won't. Uh, <laughs> Evan Connor is next, and he said Vincent's best 10 since 10. <laughs> Vincent's best 10 since 10. Also, oh, he wants us to do that. I think so. Um, I yeah, said soon. Yeah, soon. Soon. We'll have to do a poll. <laughs> Carl Gibney is next, and he says Alan Moore. <laughs> Alan Moore putting out his back due to the sheer expectations on him. He's <laughs> got the weight of the world on his shoulders, does he? Um, well, you, you've picked him up and now he's been picked up again. Like, God, he's he's heaping a load of pressure on, on, on poor Alan's shoulders. The one thing about Alan Moore is he never fails to deliver, Mickey. He will always put on a show at halftime in, in a championship game. <laughs> I thought he was a postman there. Um, <laughs> so he halftime show. Hey, yeah. I've been partial to the odd halftime show myself, mm. and I do. That's why the people pay him. You're, you're not in Crow Park, Mickey. You don't have. If you're a spectator at those games, you don't have the ability to sit back and watch the big screen or that. When you're at a club game, you have to watch the substitutes strutting their stuff on the pitch at halftime. And let's be honest about it: the likes of yourself and Alan Moore. You'd, you'd, you'd have a few tricks in your locker, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I told you about it before. Half-time in, in, in Mullingar against uh, St. Lomans in the in the Leicester Club Championship. Volley from 40 yards, top corner. I turned around and three boys standing in the terrace being soaked. 
Yes, Mickey. <laughs> and everybody else going to the Jacks are getting a hot dog. <laughs> and they, they all came running out because they heard the cheer. They were like, what happened? <laughs> their, their 20 euro was wasted because they went to the toilet. <laughs> um, Andy Smith has followed up the earlier comment about Rachel Blackmore, but he's also included Henry de Bromme, which in fairness, he's, oh, he's had an incredible year as well. And he's getting... He's not getting many of the plaudits because obviously Rachel Blackmore is doing it for him. But yeah, they're a great duo in fairness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, d- d- uh, Andrew, like, I, I, we'll, set up, we'll set up Davey to do um, uh, a racing podcast for you. And, uh, you know, you'll be, you'll be well sorted then. Can you, can you, can you stick to the, to, to, to the script? Andrew, and, and throw us in a few messages about the GEA and about your refereeing experiences and stuff like that. Oh, God, he's getting it. I'm giving him an awful doing in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell him not. Sorry, Andy. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> um, Navin O'Mahony's have been in touch, and I don't know who's this hiding behind the profile, but we can't speculate because it has come in from Navin O'Mahony's. And they've said the effort Colm O'Mahony goes to for his graphics on Twitter, his graphs and graphics. I don't know if you've seen them. He does the follower yeah. things. And I'm not happy about them, Mickey, because... Um, as you, as you know, we went viral there a couple of weeks ago and we got 2,000 new followers, page followers to the thing. So on Facebook, it's a bit unusual because there's likes and followers. So they're, they're essentially, they're the same thing. But the two numbers are often different because if you click like, you've liked the page. If you yeah. click follow, you follow the page. You're doing the same thing. You're subscribing to get notifications from the page about blah, blah, blah. Um, but on his latest graphics, we should be second because we have the mo- second most followers in the county. But Andy's going with our likes, which are only about two and a half thousand. Ah, uh, you mean Colm is going? Colm, sorry, I'm blaming Andy for yeah. this as well. We should we may yeah. as well we're blaming him for everything. Else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. COVID as well. But yeah. Um, Andy, you have a lot to answer for. But uh, yeah, so so that's your gripe with Colm. But in fairness to Navin and Andy, they, they are right. His yeah. graphics are absolutely brilliant, and I would say that was Kelly who sent that in because Colm. Colin would be too highfalutin for, for, for a message like that. Yeah, particularly when Navinomani's are a good bit down the list as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. just highlighting the factor. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the man himself, I think PS Tapes get a, gets a real kick out of being the last one in every week. And he almost waits until the timer has gone to the 24 hours and he comes in because he's just timed it to perfection yet again. And he's come in with a really good one. He said, reeling in the years 2010 tonight, will hashtag Joe Sheridan or hashtag Mead trend higher? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's He has good. one more. He says, hashtag Dick Turpin without a mask. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one because it will. Yeah, that will that will just. Uh, I'd say Joe is looking going off oh, for sake. Jesus Christ! Why did I have to have reeling in the years twenty ten on? Because uh, he's just going to be tagged in everything now. So he is um, on Twitter and Facebook and the whole lot. What do you What do you reckon? Which one is going to be? Which Which one is going to trend more? Oh, meat shower bastards. Yeah, shower bastards. Yeah, do you, um. Uh, so you don't think Joe? Uh, I don't know Joe or it, it depends. Sorry, it depends what way reeling in the years portrays the whole episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's going to be key. But look, Joe is well used to it at this stage. It usually rises his head once a year, and this is it for Joe. So nothing, nothing new for him. It's like Christmas. <laughs> Robin Sherrod. 
would say it. Um, but that could even hashtag so good. That could uh, that could even trend. In the we were robbed. Yeah, we were robbed. <laughs> we were absolutely robbed. We were robbed. <laughs> Oh, Davey, I think that's everything for this episode of the podcast, is it? It is. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. So we are made by Mahasmore. <laughs>